I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, welcome back to She and Her Cocktails and COVID, our final episode of this mini season. Anita, I feel like we've been doing this for about two months now. <laughs> Time is a flat circle in the COVID it era. It, yeah, it, it, it has been, it feels like it's been a long time, but it's definitely been like the bright spot of all of these weeks. I feel like I like mark time by who we talk to each week and it's been really nice. Same. Yeah. Same. And we, we, we just are so excited about our final guest of this season, the one and only Charlie Lowry. Welcome back to She Thank you. Thank you. Woo! <laughs> Charlie, you were both of our moms. So we did like a recap at the end of the season that we had you on of like just chatting with our moms about their reflections and both of our moms could not stop talking about you. My mom was like, Charlie and I were soul sisters. I mean, I don't know what to say. There's just something about her. And then she went and bought the buttered rum lipstick for both of us. And Sandra's mom was raving about you. So you are a hit. Well, happy belated Mother's Day to your mamas. Yeah. I'm glad y'all are enjoying everything. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, so... Charlie, you are a musician and I would say an organizer and a really important voice in our state for the music community, for Native communities, and um, we're going to talk about all that in this episode, but the way we've tried to start each and every one of these is just by asking our guests, how in the world are you doing? I feel good. I feel peaceful, relaxed. Uh, we got beautiful weather outside. And sounds from all, all around, birds chirping, you know, notifications coming through. <laughs> Just no doubt. <laughs> Feeling good. So, you know, the, the framing of this mini season has been around the coronavirus's arrival in North Carolina and we have been asking all of our guests to talk a little bit about how they first came to really be affected 
by COVID-19, how it impacted their life in a real way. How would you say that that came to be for you? Well, the first uh, was going to dialysis. I was, you know, still taking treatments three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And when the virus or word came of the virus, really no stories or accounts of anyone close by, but just from afar. They started implementing policies at the dialysis clinic, whereas as soon as you walked in the door, they checked your temperature and gave you a mask. So that was a huge difference. And that made it even more real for someone um, who is immunocompromised, such as myself. So became more careful of where I went, really just... um, to dialysis and maybe a quick trip to the grocery store, taking the precautions, and then going home and staying here. And then I received the call about my kidney transplant. Take us into that story. I mean, just watching that from afar would so... I was just so cheering for you the whole time and so hopeful that everything went well. So I'd love to hear from your perspective everything that went down. Well, I was hopeful that I would... Uh, get the kidney transplant. For some of your listeners who may not know, I had been on dialysis for three years waiting a kidney transplant for an autoimmune disease that I have. And so this would be my second transplant. And I, you know, months prior to COVID happening, had a few people test to become live donors. And for one reason or another, they didn't work out. And so... I never lost faith, but I didn't foresee it happening anytime soon. And so I was going about my treatments just as usual to stay alive and was in the dialysis chair and received a phone call from MUSC down in Charleston, the Medical University of South Carolina. And they called and told me that there was a potential donor who might work out for me. And if that was the case they would be giving me a call back within 24 hours. And I said, can you give me a call either way? (laughs) Yes or no? And she said, well, if you don't hear from us, then it's more than likely not going to work out. So I still didn't get my hopes up and was just like, okay, well, you know, we'll see. And around 8 o'clock, they called me back and was like, we think, you know, it's going to be a match. We're going to get the organ in in the morning. We'll give it one final look to see if everything is okay. And if it is, we want to start your workup, take your blood work, and run a few tests. And if it's a match, we'll do the surgery. And so they wanted me to be there at 6.30. So I was there at 6.30 the next morning. So did you just get into a car and drive right away that night? Yes, and spent the night in Charleston. It's a, about a two-hour and 50-minute drive. And got there about 1 o'clock and couldn't hardly sleep. <laughs> but we made it to the hospital at 6.30. And everything moved kind of swiftly, you know, as far as the test and my lab work. And and around 10 o'clock or so, they said, we're, we're going to take you back. And... They gave me medicine for a nerve blocker in pre-op that was just supposed to make me relax. And it 
put me under. And the next thing I knew, I woke up about four hours later with a new kidney. Oh my gosh. So do you know anything about the person or no? No. Okay. No, no. I think to, uh, due to HIPAA laws and, and things like that, they, I don't think they release that kind of information until at least a year after your transplant. So, so that time line between when you first got that phone call and they said we might have and when you woke up was how long about 16 hours maybe <laughs> three 3 p.m to 3 a.m and then from about 3 a.m to about 24 hours that's yeah. amazing yeah tw- about 24 hours so and and how did that feel like how what was that like for you it's still surreal it was it's just very surreal how life changes from it really can change and impact your future from one day to the next Mm -hmm. so so after the surgery what did that look like like was did they have to make sure your body didn't reject it right away or oh yeah okay you know, some people, when they have transplants, their kidney doesn't wake up right away. So they may still have to have a few dialysis treatments after surgery. Well, I woke up with a catheter with urine in it, so mine started working immediately. And I had good urine output. Uh, my labs were looking good. And they they began giving me medicine to suppress my immune system and there's one medicine in particular that my body has a hard time uh, adjusting to. And so I started becoming symptomatic. The first night, it was either the first or second night after my surgery, I started spiking a fever after that they gave me the medicine. And uh, the next day I didn't have an infusion and I was, I was fine. I was feeling good. Started getting up out of my hospital bed and doing laps around the unit or, you know, not laps, but walking. And um, they gave me the medicine again and I started reacting to it. And because I was spiking those fevers, they ended up testing me for COVID. Oh, wow. And put me in a, in a, a room that, a low pressure room. Yes, I've heard of those. <laughs> But uh, that test, woo! Really? To me, it hurt worse than the operation. Did it? <laughs> it's just an uncomfortable feeling, you know? I don't know if anybody has described it to y'all, or have you no. taken the test? No. It was just uncomfortable. But my test results were negative, and uh, they moved me back to a regular room. After surgery, they want you to leave the hospital after the three-day mark of having a transplant. So I ended up staying, I think, uh, four days. And then I had to spend a week in Charleston after my discharge so that I could come back to the hospital and give labs daily and receive more infusions. I ended up leaving, I think, that Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. There was a moment, I think you were not too long after surgery and you did a Facebook live and you sang on that Facebook live. And I'm just curious about what was going through your mind at that moment and and why you were moved to song when you were like 
just probably hadn't even walked yet. <laughs> I don't know how you had the lung capacity to sing at that moment, but it was beautiful. Well, first of all, it was falsetto. <laughs> for, for the most part, that makes a big difference. Now, if I would try to do full chest, no, it probably wouldn't have been as... <laughs> but um, I think that may have been that evening. I just... I don't know. It was a totally different experience this time around than the first time I had a kidney transplant. First time I had, I was uh, in, in, intubated, I guess. Um, had tubes coming out my neck and just, and had those in for a few days. So this experience, and the first time my surgery lasted eight hours, and this time it lasted three hours. So I went through a lot of trauma in recovery with the first one. But this, as soon as I woke up and, you know, they gave me some pain medicine just to manage and get my bearings, I felt like it was going to be a different experience than the first time around. And I just wanted to let, you know, everything happened so fast in going to surgery that I didn't tell my I didn't really tell my family or friends that I was about to have the surgery because I didn't want to get anyone's hopes up or mine. So as soon as it was over, I just wanted to share that, okay, I can tell you I made it through, you know. What was the, what was the name of the song that you sang? It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attended my way when sorrows like sea billows roll song at funerals you know in death whatever happens it is well just laying there and coming through the surgery and just being alive and everything working well and feeling good having enough energy to do that we could be sitting here today and not here tomorrow you know, something could easily happen overnight, but in this moment, let, try to let things be well in your soul. How has, so now that you are in the recovery stage, you have, I'm assuming, so much more time in your life now, because you were going to dialysis three times a week for five hours a time or something like that? Long Four. chunks. Four hours a time. Okay, so 12 
ish hours a week you had to be sitting in a chair in a room outside your house you have that time back now what has has that been like just trying to take it day by day and build my strength up is the main thing because mm-hmm. it's hard for me to do anything without that and without being able to breathe the way I want to and get my stamina you know trying to eat better incorporate healthier foods into my diet so Mainly just trying to become physically stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I saw you you did a post about drinking more water. Yes. I just had to text. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's, yeah, Charlie has a huge water bottle for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Hydromate. It says, keep going. Let's go. A little more. Getting close, and you made it. So, and, and then it says refill. So Start again. I, refill, I refill it to try and get 64 ounces in a day. I've made it a couple of days. Better, better this time around than the last time. And I can tell that it makes a difference in how well the kidney functions. Mm. So, And, well, and in addition to building back up that strength and stamina through both nutrition and physical activity and knowing that that's really important. Are there other things that you now must incorporate into your daily life to take care of this new kidney that, that is different than what you were already doing prior to? I'd say more mind, mindful prayer. You know, just being aware that you're praying and trying to stay focused in those prayers. Um, As soon as I open my eyes in the morning and see the sun, another day, you know, living to to see another day. So mindful prayer. Did I say healthier recipes? (laughs) (laughs) What What have you made that falls under that category? Well, sauteing vegetables nicely and making them edible you know mushrooms bell peppers onions throw in some garlic little coconut aminos and give it a good taste Mm -hmm. so (laughs) what else um i have songs in my head so i've been trying to finish those songs uh a few a few different ones and these i'm trying to work on the melodies in my head so when I might not necessarily feel like getting up or feel like I'm not rested enough, I'll lay in bed and work on these melodies of songs and, and compose the songs in my head. And so I had a breakthrough with a song that I've been working on for probably three months now. Nice. And finally got a second verse and kind of the direction that I want to head with the bridge of the song as far as the chords and the melody so and I think it's a good song that's why I'm excited about it it's called the hard way Mm. man that just sums up everything going on right now doesn't it (laughs) it it can the song itself is about a relationship but Yes, there's a lot of folks going through the hard way and a lot of folks finding out the hard way during this pandemic. And have you felt a, have have you been paying attention to 
how COVID is showing up in your community or is that something that you've kind of not oh yeah been yeah just by the way people are going out and trying to stock up and prepare and you see how people react when there's shortages around you know and still how much people need each other and love to be with people you know um with things being shut down, I just hear, whether it's relatives or friends, just talking about how they're ready to be able to gather again. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I saw you posted something today about supporting Native communities in this moment and reflecting on your own relationship with money and the challenges of finances. And I'd love to hear you talk more about that because I feel like it's something people, I guess everyone has had to become more aware of how fragile things are for a lot of people, how close people are to not being able to pay bills if they miss a paycheck and just the fragility of a lot of people's lives in this moment. So I'm curious to hear you reflect a little bit more on that and what you're seeing play out in native communities specifically right now in terms of impact that this is having? Well, I have seen um, folks sharing information about going for food assistance and food banks and people taking advantage of those. And my own personal self, I've applied for several emergency assistance grants and the grants may cover a little over a month of my living expenses. And it's something that, you know, less worries for me in having to go through recovery as well. Yeah. And not being able to play live, really. Uh, I could do online streams, but my voice is still not, my voice and stamina, I don't think, are up to par to do a you know, so kind of feel like I'm in an awkward position. And these grants have helped me to really allevi- alleviate that stress. I give many thanks to the American Kidney Foundation, American Transplant Foundation, Visual Arts Exchange, who created the North Carolina Artists Relief Fund. Also, the Pop Culture Artists Relief Fund, which was created by the Center for Cultural Power and 5050 by 2020. 
And last but not least, the Native American Community Response Fund created by Decolonizing Wealth. This fund is a rapid response fund working to deploy trust funding to Native-led organizations serving individuals and families impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, these funds are growing and encouraging those in need to reach out for assistance. I appreciate the fact that these grants were created by foundations and organizations with strong missions to make positive changes in our society beyond COVID-19. The Center for Cultural Power, for example, is a strategic initiative that convenes, trains, and empowers artists to reshape culture. For me, as an indigenous woman, that includes reshaping a culture that deems it fit to prey upon Mother Earth and indigenous communities. With this decrease in traveling, air pollution, a rise in meat shortages, I hope that my home in rural Robinson County will stop becoming a dumping ground for the things that more metropolitan and suburban communities don't want or wish to acquire. Things like pipelines, coal ash sites, liquefied natural gas facilities, the list goes on and on and has for decades. Talk more about that, because I remember you said that really early on in this, that like this is kind of the, a break that Mother Earth needed um, in terms of how you know, busy we all are and how much we kind of use our environment just to make consumer goods and make ends meet for ourselves. And it's nice that we're able to kind of stop producing in a way that can heal hopefully some parts of the environment. So what, yeah, what are you hopeful about about that? And what have you noticed about that? Well, I I just immediately think of uh, what my father was talking about as far as planes Airplanes and and not a lot of planes and just cleaner air to breathe. And are people really at home like stressed out because they can't make that flight? Or are they learning to deal with it and have patience? And just thinking about the meat shortages and do we really need to be consuming that many animal products? I know. I was just talking to my aunt who was just in Western North Carolina in Ash County and she was kind of giving me a report from some of her friends who live up there and that, that county had not seen many COVID cases but they're starting to get them and they are connected to a meat processing plant in Wilkesboro, North Carolina and I think that, you know, that the example of how rampant COVID is in those spaces kind of underscores some of the ethical concerns that a lot of people have been raising about before global consumption of meat products and the environmental impact and the social justice issues at stake there. And so I've thought a lot about that, too. And then also, you know, this is obviously a qualitative, you know, observation. But I will say that this has been the most beautiful spring I can possibly remember. The weather, the air has been so clear for the last Mm -hmm. two months. The weather has been spectacular. And I do have to wonder if that is, if, if we are already seeing... If it's that sensitive, 
if it if it makes that quick of an of an impact i think it does and, and you know i i say i've talked a lot about this with with friends but even in my neighborhood where i live i see so many more people out walking mm-hmm. and just being outside and i, I know. think where all of a sudden we're like, well, thank God we can enjoy this beautiful environment. And it, it makes you really wonder, well, what are we or are we not really seeing in our ordinary life? I, I really hope that that will be a, something that we take with us after this and really see it as a, as a lesson that we can carry forward. Oh, yeah. Some something's definitely trying to get our attention, yeah, and teach us, you know, like mm-hmm. you're going a little overboard. Are there things that you have? We've been talking with people about their kind of things that they've been reading or watching or listening to, kind of as you're resting and recovering. I don't know how much kind of brain space you have for consuming anything, but have there been? Shows you're watching, books you're reading, people who you've been listening to that have been helping you in this time? Well, my uncle did give me something to read to help me. Um, He felt like I'd have a lot of downtime. He gave me a copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) (laughs) For any particular reason. (laughs) Just to be hip. (laughs) just to really brush up yeah so I read a couple of pages of that I need I need to get back into it um but I've been watching a lot of chefs online Uh I don't know why I'm really getting into all this food I don't know if it's because I was always hungry while I was on dialysis or that's when that's when it started but I've still you know, it's like I've taken it to another level. I'm trying to exper- <laughs> experiment more with some of these recipes. But yeah. A few folks I follow online, Darius Cooks, Tabitha Brown, Cooking with Aisha. Tabitha Brown. I just I just got TikTok, and so people told me to start following her, and she is amazing. Right? She's so funny. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, she's from North Carolina. She is. Yeah, she is. She is, right? Okay. Yeah. We got to yeah. interview her at some point. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> she is great. She is. I watched Black AF. I watched some Insecure. I've watched uh, some movies, Parasite. Uh, I enjoyed that. Been juicing, making mm. fresh juice. Mm. There's a guy in in town in Pembroke. He has the Juicy Fruit Stand. (laughs) And he's been uh, having fresh watermelon and pineapples and melons. So I've been trying to get some watermelons and pineapples from him. Fresh strawberries. Strawberries Mm -hmm. are in in season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've got a little garden planted outside, a raised bed. Got some cucumbers and bell peppers and tomatoes. Got some fresh mint growing and basil. Yeah. A blueberry bush. Maybe you need to start a TikTok cooking account. (laughs) (laughs) I've been wanting to do a video showing how to fry cornbread. You should. (laughs) I uh, have started watching this YouTube channel of a woman who... 
moved back to her family's homestead in rural China. And they, it's, she basically has a cooking channel, but the it's beautifully shot. She started this series by herself and filmed it all by herself. There's no narration to it. It's literally just the incredible landscapes of rural China with these amazing mountains in the background. Her family's absolutely um, verdant gardens and wild forests. And she will pick a single ingredient and prepare it, I don't know, four or five different ways in a single 10-minute episode. So she'll take like a bamboo shoot and walk you through the whole process. And she'll do something crazy like... She showed you how she w- she made sweet potato flour. So she would take a sweet potato and walk you through the labor of doing that. But there's no narration. And she lives with her grandmother. So every episode concludes with her just sitting down with a, a table full of incredible food and her grandmother. And there are all these wild animals. I got to oh, find the... beautiful. Yeah, what's, what's the name? I want to write let, it down. <laughs> let me find this. Okay, hang on. I have to Google this. It sounds peaceful. She's yeah. also just like a beautiful woman who is out there doing all of the, the heavy lifting. Okay, so the New York Times did a story about it. This is how I got turned on. The reclusive food celebrity, Lee... Ziki, Z-I-Q-I, is my quarantine queen, is the name of the New York Times article. But y'all will love this. It's And it's so calming to watch it. And she has these amazing, like, <laughs> in one of the episodes, she's in this essentially red cloak. What, where she, like, walks out into the wild forest and harvests mushroom. And she's in this, like, scarlet-colored Ankle length red cloak. <laughs> Damn. And I'm like, is this Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I but bet I it's beautiful. T- it's really good. I recommend that. And I've also been watching, um, gosh, what's it called? It's an HGTV fixer upper show. And it's a couple from Mississippi who live in their small town and they flip houses for people. An episode that I just watched, they. A woman, her budget for buying a house and flipping a house was $75,000. And these people are absolutely genius at how they figure out how to make any space unique Mm. and beautiful. So that's also been a very nice, mindless thing that I've been watching. There is something about that stuff right now. Like I watched, I don't, I never have watched Great British Bake Off or Great British Baking Show or whatever. But for some reason now in this, it's just like, it's so aesthetically pleasing and so satisfying. You like start the episode and then you see all these beautiful cakes. (laughs) It's just like. Well, I just always hope I learn something from them, you know. Exactly. You know, you want to learn something. Maybe try it one day. Exactly. Yeah. But I. I also enjoyed watching y'all's stories on Instagram when, when y'all Thank were you. when y'all were first setting up and getting your closets right. And <laughs> I, think, I think that was the beginning of quarantine. But, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like, yeah, long ago. Closet is no longer straight. I can tell you that. <laughs> 
Well, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us again. Yes. Glad, glad we could do it. Thank you for having me. I didn't, yes. realize, I didn't realize it was your last episode, so I'm honored that you started with me and finished it up with me. Thank you. Exactly. Yes. So pleased to have you back on. And everyone can tell us your Instagram handle and where people can find you again. It's at Charlie Lowry, C-H-A-R-L-Y-L-O-W-R-Y. And YouTube, Facebook are the same. Twitter. Awesome. So you can find her all of those places. You can find all of our episodes in our last conversation with her at sheandherradio.com and our Instagram, sheandherradio. Thank you so much for joining us for this mini season. It has been a blast. It has gotten us through quarantine Two months of it. Two months of it. Yeah, I've been talking like it's over. It's not over yet. What are you going to do next? <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I might, I, I might have to do like a book club or something. I mean, I'm not usually inclined to do that because I have a hard time staying on track when I have to have to do something like that. But I have felt. A little aimless lately, so, mm. so something like that might be nice. <laughs> yeah, we could do a she and her book club too. That could be fun. Oh yeah, there you go. Another facet. I like it. Many ideas, <laughs> much to pursue. Wonderful. Well, thanks again. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.